<laughs> I'm Kadra, this is Jade Nevitt, and this is our story of faith. Um, we started in 2015. Um, both of us came out of a pretty rough relationship past. Um, rock bottom style. Yeah, yeah, rock bottom. My low was so bad that my house was basically condemned. That's where I was at. Yep. And to be here right now where I'm at, yep. nine years later, to be from that point to this point is nothing but God. I, I had a relationship with God, but I wasn't fully surrendered. And um, going through my divorce, I really was fully committed at that point to get baptized. And I kind of went through the same thing with, with my divorce, kind of hit bottom and um, always wanted to get back into church. And uh, that was the door that opened up and gave it all to him at that point in time. We both hit, hit that bottom. We decided that from the start that he was number one. We'll fast forward to where we were moving to here, talked about moving back to Kansas. We we prayed on it over the week over the weekend and I told her if Fort Scott or Emporia open up, I'll do it. That following Tuesday when the jobs posted, Emporia and Fort Scott were open. Fort Scott called him first. So he accepted the job. Everything was clicking. Even in the middle of COVID, it was it was a moving process and we had his peace. You know, there there is that peace that you can't you can't describe it. Nope, it was uh, peaceful, and that's when I decided to get baptized. My faith essentially came to life when everything came together. I stopped questioning. I was at ease, and for me to be at ease on something that I have no control over, it's huge. It's huge. I don't. I'm not a trusting person. For me, that was hard. I'm hard. It's hard to give control. I'm a control freak. And then we get here, and it was time time to go. Church shopping. Church, yes, church shopping. We and we did. We planned on going church shopping, so we came and it yeah. just it, it felt right. You you feel the peace. You feel the peace and you feel the move. We were driving home that day after church, and I was like, "Well, do you want to try some more?" And he's, he, yeah, I remember. He just looked at me and he goes, "Um." The whole move was absolutely peaceful, and we had all our answers right away, so why wouldn't church be the same way? <laughs> well, God got us this far, and he got us here. I wish I would have participated a long time ago, you know, instead of staying on the outside, looking in, going, oh, well, maybe one day I'll, I'll surrender all, maybe not yeah. today. Don't be afraid to be a part. Like... Nobody's perfect, you know, there's no, <laughs> well, besides, besides <laughs> no, nobody's perfect. Um, we're all here growing and bumbling around together. I mean, that that's, there's no perfect person and just participate. And that's our story of faith. Come on. I love it. Hey, listen, if you've never thought about sharing your story of faith, uh, we want to give you an opportunity out in the lobby. uh, There's a spot where you can take a a picture and just in one word, uh, 
declare your faith story and help overcome the enemy's lies in your own life by giving your story, your testimony, and saying, this is what God has done for me. We are a church full of people whose lives have been transformed by the person of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, would you grab your Bibles and join me in Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah is a prophet in the Old Testament. Uh, If you have the Fresh Start Bible, you can go to page 657. If you don't have the Fresh Start Bible or you've got your your mobile phone um, and you're not sure how to find Jeremiah, look at somebody up and down your row who's got a Bible and ask them to help you find it. Um, That's kind of what discipleship looks like, us helping each other follow Jesus faithfully and learning how to find stuff in your Bible is a part of that process. Uh, Jeremiah 31 We've been in this collection where we've been talking about what does it mean? What does it look like to be the radiant people? Radiant is kind of our theme word for the year as a church. And we're exploring this idea of how do we become God's radiant people? What does that look like? And so far in this collection of teachings, we've talked about how um, radiant people repent and receive the Spirit's fullness. The second week, we talked about how radiant people radiate joy because they meet with God face to face. There is fullness of joy when you are in the presence of God. And so this is why we want to worship not just on Sundays when we gather, but all through the week, you can worship God on your own, lifting a joyful noise and you find joy in his presence. That's what radiant people do. And then last week, We talked about how your mindset, it matters. Very good, because the radiant people of God renew their minds according to the truth of God's word. What he has said and what he's spoken is true. This is what we renew our minds. We're going to talk today about how radiant people get to experience a renewal in culture. And we're going to start by looking at this passage in Jeremiah 31. We're going to start in verse 10. We're going to read through verse 14. This is what the word says. Listen to this message from the Lord, you nations of the world. Proclaim it in distant coastlands. The Lord who scattered his people will gather them and watch over them as a shepherd does his flock. For the Lord has redeemed Israel from those too strong for them. They will come home. Look at this wording. They will come home and sing songs of joy on the heights of Jerusalem. They will be radiant because of the Lord's good gifts. The abundant crops of grain, the new wine, the olive oil, the life will be like, their life will be like a well-watered garden. Come on, we can underline that and say, Lord, make our lives and our homes and our pastures. Some of you are like, yeah, Lord, like a well-watered garden, send that rain, oh Lord. I hear you, I'm right there with you. I will turn their, uh, the young women will dance for joy and the men and old and young will join in the celebration. I, tur- I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and exchange their sorrow for rejoicing. The priest will enjoy abundance and my people will feast. Somebody say feast 
will feast on good, on my good gifts. I, the Lord, have spoken. What a picture that the prophet has given us, bringing a message on behalf of the Lord to the people of God. Now, what you need to understand is that currently, the people of God are in exile. They are not in their homelands. They are been scattered abroad. They are in a culture that does not honor God. They are in a land that is very antagonistic and anti-Yahweh, God of the Bible. They are in a place where they are being shaped and formed and their culture is chaotic and it is deteriorating from the inside out. There is zero moral standard. It is a, if I could use this phrase, a God-forsaken land. And God comes through the prophet to whisper something to his people. To whisper something different. He whispers something to his people. And and he's calling these people, not just radiant, but if you back up in this chapter, you'll see that he's talking to a group of people. Not not to the entire, those, not everybody who would claim the name Israel, but he's talking to a remnant. To a people who have remained faithful to Yahweh, even though all of culture is telling them to live life differently. Even though all of culture is telling them to think differently about their priorities. He's talking to a group of people that he says, you are my remnant. I want you to notice this. Uh, Radiant people remain when others would leave. This is where we're starting today. We're going to talk about how do we experience this immense renewal. How do we become the people described here in verse 10 through 14? It starts by being people who choose to remain. There is a flourishing that is available to the people who choose to remain and abide in God when everyone else is disconnecting from God. If you go back to the words of Jesus in John chapter 15, he says, if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then, then you, you're going to know that there's something of fruit that will be bore, that will, will show up in your life. There'll be a flourishing in your life. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And those who bear fruit will get pruned so they bear more fruit. And those who do not bear fruit will get pruned and no longer remain in me. They'll be removed from me. I want you to notice something. You're pruned if you do and you're pruned if you don't. (laughs) Life is gonna cut you. The question is, what side of the cut are you going to be? Are you going to be on the side of cut that gets removed or are you going to be on the side of the cut that remains connected to God? Are you going to remain? See, the people who remain the remnant are those who are contending for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, longing to become the radiant people, not just assuming it will happen. See, the remnant, those who remain are the ones who who stay put when everybody else is scattered in fear. The remnant are the people who remain when other people are falling into sin. The the remnant are those who remain faithful when others betray their loyal allegiance to Jesus and instead start giving their allegiance to other people and other places and other systems other than to the kingdom of God. See, the remnant are those 
who remain when they are cursed and criticized by the people around them. The remnant and the people of God are the ones who remain when they get pruned. They're the ones who remain steady on the rock of their salvation when the storms crash because they've built their life on the rock instead of the sand. Why? Because the storms are going to come and the storms will rage. And as the radiant people of God who want to contend for a full outpouring of what God wants to do in a land, in a people, in a nation, we choose to build our lives on the rock. So when economic downturn comes, we're still standing strong. We're the people of God who remain and have built our lives on Jesus and remain abiding in relationship with him so that when all of our other relationships sour in our world, we can still hold on to God. We're the people of God that remain in a place that when all of culture is telling you to live your life with these priorities, we sit back and say, no, we're going to live with a different priority of heaven. We remain, radiant people remain when others would leave. What I love is that Jeremiah the prophet is casting a compelling vision for the abundant life overflowing with God's spirit, causing the remnant to become the radiant people of God. This might be one of the most wordy points that I've ever put on the screen for you other than a quote or a scripture. But I want you to pay attention. Can I, can I read it and say it again for you? The prophet is casting a compelling vision for the abundant life overflowing with God's spirit causing those who are the remnant to become the radiant people of God. The people of God here who were in exile were once radiant. Now they're a remnant contending to be radiant yet again. And he's casting a compelling vision. You, you do realize that every day you are inundated with a vision and vision casting for your life. Oh, your life's not happy unless you buy this. Oh, you want a happy relationship? This is what it looks like. Oh, you want to you wanna be well-liked and loved by everybody? Well, this is how that should figure and look. Oh, you want this? Then you ought to be experiencing this. If you're not rock climbing and mountain climbing and kang gliding and shopping and spending thousands of dollars all over the place, then you're not going to have a happy life. The world is always giving you a vision of what life should look like, of what a radiant life looks like, of what holiness and life with God. And, and if you don't follow your feelings and if you, don't, if you don't allow yourself to become truly you and you don't look inward and you don't find yourself, then you're going to feel dissatisfied. And if, and if you don't live life based on your terms and other people are telling you what to do and how to live your life, then they're going to squash you and you're never going to really become you. You've got to become the best version of you and you better live your best life now you're, the world is telling you what a flourishing life looks like. Part of my job every Sunday is to try 
and help articulate the truths of God's word in a way that helps cast a more compelling vision for you, a more compelling vision for your family, a more compelling vision for your marriage, a more compelling vision for your finances, a more compelling vision for your flourishing inner world, your mind, your will, your emotional state, is to cast and create a picture for you with words that allows you to see that the life in God is better than the life of the world is telling you to offer and that's not just some consumerist that just consume God he's better than consuming the world no 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 that's not it at all scripture and prayer is not like some magic rabbit's foot that you can just rub a few times and hope life turns out better we've talked about that before No, what I'm wanting to do is help compel and and see that what God is saying in his word, that you can become radiant, that there's an abundance of grain and crops and new wine and olive oil and health in your life, that that your life can be like a well-watered garden when everyone else is experiencing a drought in their life. That wherever you find yourself, you can be an oasis of the life-giving presence of God in a culture of death. That surrounds you. Now, if you're hearing me say those things and you're thinking upward mobility, up and to the right, where, where everything in your life on the materialistic spectrum is just up and moving better and life's getting better and I'm getting a pay raise and I'm getting this and I've got, nah, nah, then you're missing the point too. Because it's actually your life that is, the, the contents of who you are is changing. There's a renewal that takes place in your family. There's a renewal that takes place in your region. There's a renewal that takes place in your life that is different than everyone else's life. Because you are following Jesus faithfully and remaining in communing with him. Let me say it another way. How... Do you describe your life currently when people ask you, how's it going? If your first response is to say, man, life is busy. You are not living the radiant life that God has called you to. You're describing your life just like everyone else in the world describes their life. Does that sound like a well-watered garden to you? Does that sound like the abundance and the full? Does that sound like, like when people ask you, how's life going? I've just been singing for joy. Like try that on Monday when you walk into the office. How was your weekend? It was great. We celebrated. I threw a dance party in my house. Everybody, grandpa, grandma, everybody was getting jiggy with it. It was awesome. Like, we laughed so much this weekend. I can't help but be so full of joy. I'm ready for Monday. Let's go. Is that how you would describe your your weekend? Well, we ran the kids here and they had softball all day and then we went to this thing and then I had a birthday party to go to and then I still had to do all my chores to the house and so we got all that done and got grocery shopping done, did laundry, got laundry started only to find more laundry showed up and it's like this basket is a never-ending magic trick of dirty laundry in this house and it's just... (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Oh, life. I need a vacation. (laughs) 
Why? Your vacation is just a more expensive escape. You're not actually changing the rhythms of your life that are actually going to create the renewal that God promises in you. Oh, it got real quiet. I'm just saying, we're describing our lives just like the culture around us. And we're not to be different just for different sake. We're to be different because we have a different source of life. I'm not saying life doesn't like pressing it. Man, I got stuff. But, but what if as the people of God, like there was a different joy. There was a different hope. There was a different way in which we lived and ordered and orchestrated our lives that actually created and actually allowed the flourishing life of God to grow in and all around us so that we could look at our lives and be like, it's like a well-watered garden. It is lush. It is restful. It is full of life because that is the life Jesus said he came to bring. Yes. I've come that you might have life and life to the full. I, I wonder if not, not only do we need to reorient how we do our scheduling, but maybe we need to reorient how we talk about the life that God has blessed us with. I think it's both and. I think there ought to be new rhythms of rest and recovery and Sabbath and enjoyment and days where we're just delighting in God and being in his presence and being overwhelmed by his love and overwhelming others with his love. I think it ought to be different it ought to feel different, look different, and, and contextually actually be different, but we also ought to change how we talk about it. Because we are called to be the remnant who cast a more compelling vision. What does it look like to follow Jesus faithfully so that we can become the radiant people of God, well-watered gardens? I love how he says that you get to enjoy and feast on God's good gifts. Now, he describes what the good gifts are. And all of the descriptors that he uses to describe good gifts, don't miss this, are descriptors and metaphors for the person of the Holy Spirit. So let me say it this way. The Holy Spirit is our quote-unquote good gift. The Holy Spirit is the good gift. He says everyone can come and feast on the good gifts. Everyone, whosoever wants to feast can come and feast. Which means the only thing holding you back... from the flourishing life of God is you and me. Oh, there are forces that are trying to come against you for sure. But greater is he who lives in you than anything that's happening in your world and in my world. It doesn't mean that tomorrow you're going to wake up, oh, I'm, going, I'm going to take the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden you, you show up and everything in your life is drought and dry and drab. And all of a sudden tomorrow you wake up and you're like, oh, look, a fresh garden. No, no. There's a process. But the process is the way in which the promise shows up. The process is the, the, is the way in which God's promise materializes and visualizes and shows up. And he says, everyone can feast on the good gifts. 
I love how one commentary says it, talking about this. He says, the whole community is portrayed here in the contrast of this text. Male and female, young and old, priest and lay leader alike. All of this is meant as a witness to the nations that God is faithful to his people and able to bless them as he promises. And no nation or power or demonic influence or other thing can hold them back when God decides to redeem. When God decides to bring renewal, when God says the remnant has remained faithful, it's time to allow them to become the radiant people of God. There is nothing that can stop that from happening. God is saying it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I love how verse 11 says that he redeemed those from, he redeems us from those too strong for us. In other words, there are things that might try to overcome you, but when you receive the spirit of God in you, it becomes greater and stronger than that which is against you. It's a statement of spiritual freedom from the dark powers that are trying to distort, deceive, and defeat life within you. We're going to talk a little bit more about those principalities, powers, rulers, and dark forces that are cry- trying to create a counter, uh, a counter strike force against the people of God. We're going to start studying Ephesians chapter 6 after Mother's Day in this collection, and we're going to talk about how the radiant people of God can stand strong against the advancements and schemes of the enemy in your life. But for right now, I just need you to know that the remnant and people of God become radiant because we link in and we receive the Holy Spirit as the good gift. Oil, he says, is part of the good gift. Oil is the anointing power of the Spirit that breaks every stronghold in your life. Every lie that's gripped on you is broken by the truth that the Spirit reveals to you in God's Word. He says that it's going to be like wine that that is flourishing on the vine, which we know to be representative of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit is the good gift that he's talking about here. He's not just talking about the oil of the Spirit, which is the power of the Spirit. He's not just talking about the wine, which is the fruit of the Spirit that shows up in our lives when God is active and working in us. He's talking about how you will have grain. That grain is a food source. The food source is the sustenance that sustains and energizes and strengthens you to endure and move on in your life. Because uh, one of the the great uh, things that I have learned... um, the hard way uh, in my life is that food is actually for fuel in your body. There's some feasting and some fun connected to it, but primarily we have to look at food as fuel to energize our lives. Food is fuel. What is he saying? Hey, the grain is going to show up. It's going to be an abundant crop of grain. In other words, the strength that you need to sustain your renewal and to become the radiant people of God is a gift that is good and it comes from the Holy Spirit. I love how he says, you'll be like flocks that belong and are cared for, which is exactly who the Holy Spirit is. He is our guide and our comforter. Caring for your life each and every day. So the moments when you're feeling weak and overwhelmed, you can choose to not fly off the handle, but instead to pause and engage in communion with God and say, God, may I connect with your spirit in your life right now. Holy Spirit, will you come? And he will comfort and care and bring peace in a steadying way so that you can remain in him rather than reacting in fear the way you normally would. Reacting in anger the way you normally would. 
He's trying to help you cultivate a life that is different than the world around you. And all of this was expressed through the generous gift that God would give, the abundance that God has done. You know what I love about the Lord is that he is incredibly generous. He doesn't give based on merit. He gives based on his covenant. He, he gives based on the covenant. Those who have come in covenant with him have access to all that he has available. This is what I love about the Lord. And, and he, I love how Paul writes and he says, freely you've received these things. Now freely begin to give those things. See, the radiant people of God recognize that because we've remained in him and have experienced this renewal, now we can freely begin to give to the world around us because we aren't just remaining. Now we're radiant, and that radiance isn't just for us. It's for other people. So when we recognize, wait a second, God has blessed us financially, we can begin to be generous to help others financially. We recognize that we've received forgiveness from God freely. So we can freely give forgiveness to someone else because we didn't deserve forgiveness and they don't deserve forgiveness either. But forgiveness is a gift for giving. So freely we receive this. Freely we can give this. Freely we've received peace. We can give peace. Freely we've received faith from God. We can help encourage others in their faith in God. It's this abundance that comes. And, and what God does in his people who are radiant isn't just for the people to become more radiant. It's so that the culture around them can be renewed too. And this is what Ezekiel is getting at in one of his prophecies. If you've got your Bibles, kind of flip to the right a little bit and go to Ezekiel chapter 47. Another prophet who's painting a picture for the people of God to understand what this radiant life looks like. Ezekiel 47, we're going to be in verse 1. If you have the Fresh Start Bible, it's page 726. Again, if you're not sure where Ezekiel is, just ask a neighbor. They would, I'm sure, help you. Find where Ezekiel is. Ezekiel's giving us a prophecy. He's painting a picture for the people of God too. Helping them understand what does it look like to be the radiant people of God. What does it look like to experience a restoration and a renewal of the abundant life that God is promising? What, what does it look like when you receive the good gift of the life and the spirit of God? How does it influence you and the people around you? What does this radiance look like? Ezekiel 47, starting in verse 1, is kind of where we're going to pick it up. Now, there's a lot of um, metaphors and pictures. There's some things that you're going to be like, I'm not sure what I'm reading. Just hang in there with me, okay? I'm going to unpack some of it, and some of it I'm going to leave up to you to kind of go and study on your own because I love you that much, and I'm running out of time. Ezekiel 47, starting in verse 1, this is what it says. In my vision, the man or the angel brought me back to the entrance of the temple. Somebody say temple. There I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar 
on its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around to the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. Now, if you're like me and directionally impaired, you are already dizzy from trying to figure out which one is north again and south. I'm terrible with directions. I just am like, oh, there's a stream. Cool. I'm good with that. A stream and a temple. That's all I need to know right now. Verse 3, measuring as he went, it's about to get more crazy, and I'm going to get lost in these numbers too, because I measure seven times and cut three times, and then I call Brady to come and fix it. But here's some measurements for us anyways. Measuring as he went out, he took me along the stream for 1,750 feet, and then he led me across the water. The water was up to my ankles. Somebody say ankles. That's the important part. He measured off another 1,750 feet, and it led me across again. This time, the water was up to my knees, underlined knees. After another 1,750 feet, it went up to my waist. Go ahead and highlight that. Then he measured another 1,750 feet, and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in. Come on, some of you are like, yes, Lord, open the pools and let's get some swimming in. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to just walk through. He asked me, have you been watching, son of man? And then he led me back along the riverbank. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of the river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea for its waters will, will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever the water flows. You can underline that. And we'll stop right there. Fish, everything. Life will flourish wherever the river flows. Wherever it goes, it transforms salty things to fresh things. It's transforming. But I want you to notice the river starts at the temple. It starts in the sanctuary. The sanctuary was where it started. Now, the sanctuary and the temple were the place where the people of God would often gather. But it was in that place where the high priest and the priests would spend their days and their nights ministering to the Lord. Where they would encounter and host the presence of God. Where they would offer prayers to God for things. The, 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 the temple and the sanctuary was where the people of God, where, where the priests of God rather, would gather and minister to the Lord. Why is that important? Because in, in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5, Peter writes to the people of God, the saved, redeemed, radiant people of God, and he says, by the way, part of your kingdom identity as radiant people is that you are holy and royal priests. You're a priest. You're a priestess. You are sitting next to a royal priest and a royal priestess for those of us who are sitting next to someone who has given their life to Jesus and believed in him. Okay, come on. You are 
a priest, called, ordained, set apart, beckoned to minister to the Lord and minister to people on behalf of the Lord. That's who you are. And the river starts in the sanctuary. Because it's there that among the gathered people of God that often we encounter the fresh living water that we need. What is the river? Who is the river? I want you to know something. Jesus pours out the living water that we need. This is the stream. This is the river. This is the water. He pours it out. We gather. Some of you have gathered here with us today and we've been singing and worshiping and taking communion and studying the scriptures together. And you know that God is refreshing your heart and soul as you sit in this space. As you're watching online from wherever you're at, you're being refreshed by the water of the Lord right now. Jesus is pouring out these things. In fact, in John chapter 7, uh, he, Jesus says it like this. Hey, by the way, on the last days, at the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scripture declares, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And when Jesus said living water, he was speaking of the spirit. Let me restate the point a different way. Jesus is the one who pours out the Holy Spirit who is the living water into your life when you believe in him. Jesus wants to baptize you, fill you, empower you, strengthen you, sustain you, and give you the good gift that is the Holy Spirit. And he is the living water that you need because that living water is what turns your life into a well-watered garden. That living water is the one that turns salty things into fresh things. That living water is the one that flows in us and from us to others. That living water is what begins in the sanctuary and gets deeper the further it gets from the sanctuary. That was the prophecy. That was the picture that Ezekiel was giving us. That there was something that would happen further out from the sanctuary than happens in the sanctuary. Why? Because in the sanctuary, there weren't a lot of fish or salty things. But out there, there was a lot of salty things and things that needed to be brought back to life. In other words, when you recognize that when you gather with the people of God to minister to the Lord and minister to others, you drink from the Spirit as we gather together. And as you get into the Word every day, you are meeting in the temple and the sanctuary with God. And so that as you go from that moment of receiving the water, it can be deeper and more refreshing in the culture that you are called to abide in and be bringing renewal to not just yourself but to all of the people around you this is what it looks like to be the radiant people of God who create renewal in the culture around us I I love how it says the river starts with the ankles and then it got to the knees and then it got to the waist and then it was too much to walk in you just had to swim in it I believe that's a picture 
not just of the depth of spirit and, and, and the overwhelming sense of God in that moment at work, the living water of God, I also believe that it's indicating the spiritual maturity of the radiant people of God. In other words, let me say it this way, radiant people of God grow in spiritual maturity. You start with like the ankle deep understanding of God. And you keep progressing and it's like, man, I'm up to my knees now. I'm really learning what it looks like to follow Jesus. And then all of a sudden it's in my waist. And I can't, I, I, it's great, it's wonderful, it's so refreshing and good. I'm, I'm understanding who God is and the life of God. And things are transforming in and around me. And now I'm swimming in it. It's so much fun. It's refreshing. It's joyful. It's overwhelming being with God. The relationship with God has increased and grown so much in my life. This is the picture that he's painting. Uh, can, can I say it another way? The depth of the life of God, the river of life, the depth of the Holy Spirit, and your relationship with God is linked. The depth of what you mature in is linked to the breadth of your ability to yield in obedience to God's word. In other words, God will not pour out more in your life until you have obeyed what he has initiated in your life. Again, the depth of the radiance of God, the depth of the outpouring of God in your life is only being held back by your obedience, by your willingness to yield more and more to your desire to pursue him more and more there is an obedience that comes friends i want you to understand that i believe that the radiant people of god are spiritually growing as priests who minister in their home so that what you do on sundays impacts your monday through saturday in your family Maturing in God and growing and yielding him means that the radiant people are spiritually growing as priests who minister in their church to the people around you. Radiant people are spiritually growing as priests who minister in their cultural assignments. You have a cultural assignment. In fact, there, there are seven spheres or streams of culture that exist in our world. And you're called into one of them. You are currently sitting in one of the streams of culture. The, the, the first stream is family, nuclear or extended. Another stream is the economy. When we talk about the economy, we're talking about research and development, science and technology, business and healthcare. You have government is a stream. It's executive and legislative and judicial and national and local. Religion is a stream of culture. Local church, missions, those things. Uh, education is a stream in our culture. All levels of education. Media, printed and digital, is a stream in our culture. And then the, the celebration or the entertainment side of our culture is a stream in our culture. Things like arts and entertainment, music, movies, Sports, those are streams of our culture. 
the radiant people of God who remain connected to the Lord, who have received of the Spirit of God, are called to mature as ministers before God so that as they move into the streams of culture further away from the sanctuary and church, they are more mature and empowered and strengthened to change the culture that they are occupying and are in. Are we catching this today? I'm trying to cast a vision for your life that is different than just surviving. I'm trying to cast a vision for your life of what it looks like to flourish as a radiant person instead of growing more resentful to the culture that you're living in. Instead of griping and complaining about things, recognizing and asking yourselves, am I being more radiant as a minister in my home? Am I growing and maturing in that way? What what does it look like in in the church and the community that I'm a part of? What does it look like in my cultural assignment? Do I sense the power of God and the life of God more when I'm at work than I do at church? That's the vision God has for your life. That it would be more overwhelming and strong and fulfilled and flourishing in the environments that aren't inside the walls of the church than they are inside the walls of the church. That the radiant people of God don't stay tethered to a building, but rather we receive of the life-giving spirit of God and the living water, and we go of what we have freely received, and we pour it out the further down the stream that we go. Into whatever stream that we're in. You're not just a stay-at-home mom. You're a minister and a priestess shaping the lives of children to follow the ways of God. You're not just a teacher. You're representing the kingdom of God as a signpost in the world of education, reshaping the stream and refreshing the saltiness, making it fresh again. Oh, you're not just anything. You're a minister. You're a priest and a priestess, royal and holy, called to be a remnant of God, contending for a move of God, experiencing the renewal within you as you become the radiant people of God in the culture, in the streams, in the environment, in the construction site, in, the, in wherever it is that you find yourself. You're a difference maker. You're making fish come alive and be vibrant again. Dead things growing again. Why? Because the life-giving spirit resides in you and it's quickening your own being and body and it's causing you to reshape because you're maturing, you're growing, you're developing, you're being encouraged more and more. In every stream of life you go, God's spirit and power goes with you. Friends, wherever the river of life flows, Dead things become vibrant things. So it is with the radiant people of God. Wherever the radiant people of God go, whatever stream of culture you go, dead things come alive because you're bringing the life of God with you. Dark things become light because you're radiating the light of God. Oppressive things become environments of joy. Because your joy is overflowing in you. Oh, we're not just coming to church to get a fix so we can survive. 
we're coming to be trained and equipped and strengthened so that as we go from this place, God's spirit goes with us every day. We don't do daily devotions so we don't become bad Christians. We do daily devotions so that we can refuel the source of God in us to refresh the world that is around us. We're the radiant people of God. The radiant people of God are overflowing with the river of life and it brings renewal to the culture that is around them, to the children that gather in your homes to play with your children, to the neighbors who are walking up and down your street. You're bringing joy into their lives. You put joy on your face and you wave with a smile. recognize that God wants to produce renewal in you that flourishes with the good gift of the spirit that it's abundance and radiance and joyful so that everywhere you go they experience that too all the radiant people of God we don't just become radiant for ourselves we become radiant so the culture can be renewed as well would you stand with me Would you just take a moment, posture your hands out as a, as a sign just of receptivity to the Lord and just ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying to me today? today I pray for the gathered people of God I pray Lord that you would pour your spirit fresh on us each and every time we gather each and every time we open your word each and every time we simply say come Holy Spirit come that we would experience the outpouring and the renewal of the goodness and the good gifts that is your spirit at work in us and Lord, you would help us to become the radiant people who renew the culture around us. Lord, many are tired and weary and worn out week in and week out. Lord, would you restore to them the joy of their salvation this morning? God, many are tired of dealing with the battles and the struggles of the flesh. God, would you, Holy Spirit, through your truth today, give them the fuel and the protein to walk in the strength of your spirit this week. Jesus, let us become radiant, transforming our radioactivity into something that is life-giving in our homes, in the places where we gather with others for community, and God, in our culture, in our jobs, We love you, Lord. Thank you for doing a work in us today. We love you. In Jesus' name, come on. And all the people of God said, amen. I really hope today's message was life-giving. As a church, we want to help you encounter God and take another next step in your allegiance to Jesus. I want to ask you to take a step right now, in fact. Would you just share this message with a friend? Maybe post it on your social. Text a coworker the link. Just be sure to include something that you learned or how it impacted you personally. When you do that, 
You get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in someone else. And don't forget to visit our central hub, faithchurchks.org. You'll find other next steps that you can take in your faith, including giving and partnership with us as we help others encounter Jesus like you've encountered him. Hey, we love you. And until we get to hang out again, remember, don't shrink back from your faithful allegiance to King Jesus.